Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew 6, this is part 5 of our series on understanding your new life in Christ. It's good to know what you get at the moment of salvation. I'll quickly review See if this will be the final part or if we might have to go one more week. We'll see. All right. uh, Let me just run through this real quickly. As far as uh, our new life in Christ, Christ gives us new life. If you you are saved, you have new life. You have eternal life. We talked about many things. We mentioned, first of all, it's a changed life. I didn't put handouts up back there by now if we're on the last week, so... (laughs) It's the same handout, so if you have it, I hope you, you can uh, just fill in the blanks here. But it's a changed life. God changes us completely. Uh, it's eternal life. It's a battling life. Last week we looked at the fact that it's a, a victorious life. If you, have, if you don't have victory in the Christian life, it's not God's fault. It's our fault, right? It's because we don't Walk in the Spirit, because the Bible simply says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And unfortunately, sometimes we are fulfilling the lust of the flesh is because we've chosen not to take heed to God's Word, which is the sword of the Spirit, and His leading, and we've decided to follow our own will. Then uh, fifthly, it's an obedient love life. Uh, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right? To show our love to our Lord, we should obey him. And we took some time and talked about that also. Number six in our outline is what we're going to start with today. And this is a, a dependent life. If you are saved, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you should be dependent on the Lord. Uh, we're adopted into his family. We mentioned that before. We also mentioned we get a new father. Instead of the devil being our father, we have God as our heavenly father. And so now we need to consider uh, how we should depend on him. And we should depend on the Lord just as a child depends on his earthly father. That's why he uses the term father, because we can understand that. We can relate to that. God um, does not expect us to live our lives independently of him. And that's where we get into trouble, isn't it? We start living um, independently of God, independently of his word, independently uh, of the leadership he puts in our lives. And we think, I got this one. Really, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, how long you've been walking with God. You still need to depend on God because we still need him. Uh, God is my heavenly father, and he will be until I die. So I need to depend on him until I die. It's not like um, our children, you know. I guess my wife and I are considered empty nesters, right, because all of our kids are grown up and left the house. And that's what's expected to be done. They don't depend on me. They're not my dependents. I can't even claim them on the IRS form anymore. So I lose that benefit, right? So there is a benefit of having children. No. Uh, so, but, but, but they're not my dependents anymore. Now, thankfully, we still have a, a, a relationship where we can still talk, right? And it's nice to be able to, when they come and say, hey, dad, what do you think about this? 
Well, I'll let you know what I think, right? <laughs> it's nice to have that kind of relationship. But, you know, um, they don't depend on me for, for their financial well-being. They don't depend on me for, to take, give them health care, all of that. So that's a little different. But in the Christian life, as, if I make it, my dad's 88. His dad was 89 when he passed. His brothers lived, I think, 90 and 91. So there's longevity in the family. If I make it to that, which I don't know if I really want to, (laughs) Uh, but if I make it there, I still have to depend on God. There's there's no time where where you graduate, so to speak. There's no time where you get to the age where you can leave God's house and leave dependence on him. And that should be comforting and, and helpful and reassurance to, uh, reassuring to us. But like a, a good father provides his, for his family, he, he guides his children, he corrects his children, God the Father will do the same for his children. And we need to learn to really depend on him in this day-to-day life. And we need to talk to him about our needs and to ask him for help. And we do that through prayer. Uh, so the life of dependence is, first of all, a life of prayer, and it's a life of leaning on his word. But I want to look at this, this idea of, of depending on him in prayer. And we see this in Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 6. He says, But thou, when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the, thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. When, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think, I got those words underlined, they think, uh, we know, right? It's the difference between the, th- the, the heathen, they think they're going to be heard but they're not. We know we're going to be heard. But anyway, they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be, ye, uh, be not ye therefore like unto them. Don't think that if you, you know, you say these vain repetitions long enough that you'll finally get through. Um, he says, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. And then he gives us the model prayer. Some things that should be included in prayer times that we have. And it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we, we see, first of all, this idea of Jesus reminding us that we're praying to our heavenly Father. And we need to depend on him. Because he is high above all, right? He is who he is. He's God, and he's above all others. And he's our heavenly Father, which is in heaven. He's in heaven. There's some uh, ramifications of that. That means, you know, he's God. He made heaven and earth. He made everything. And so we can go to this this one who, who is the complete ruler. 
then we should depend on him for our future. It says there in verse number 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we should be obviously asking him to come because wouldn't that be better to be in heaven with him than here, right? But then it also says thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We should be depending on him right now for our daily walk, not just for our future, but uh, for today. And depending on him, Lord, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no rebellion there now. Satan was cast out of heaven. Everything that goes on in heaven is according to his plans. All uh, follows his will. But not so on earth. But we can pray that God would have his will done, at least in our lives, and help us to... to, um, guide us and help us to be willing to follow him. Then in verse 11, we should be uh, depending on him for our provision. It says, give us this day our daily bread. So Jesus taught us as Christians to be relying upon our heavenly father for our daily bread. We live in such an affluent country. Most of us literally don't have to pray for our food today. Because you go home, the cupboards are full, the pantry's full, your deep freezer's full. I'm not saying everybody, but the average American, even when they say they have nothing in, in the shelves, there is still something. Maybe a can of beans, right? There's something. So it's not, it's not what I want, right? But there's something But there are people in this world that literally have nothing. Nothing. There is is nothing. There's no deep freezer. There's no refrigerator. So, well, that's just some of those people. No, there's a lot more of those people than you realize. There's a lot of people who live hand to mouth. It's day by day. And we've got it made here. But even if you have it made... You know what God wants us to do? Ask him for our daily bread. I don't care if your bank account is so full, you still need to live in dependence on God. Lord, I need my daily bread. I need you to provide. Because when we're praying this way, it reminds us who gives us our daily bread. If that bank account's pretty full or if your stocks and your reserves are pretty full, it's because God gave you the ability to do that. And it's always good for us to remember where it came from. And you know what? It could all go, right? All you have to lose is just lose power for a week, you know? Let the grid go down. Lose power for a week. Everything that you had in your freezer, (laughs) bye-bye. It's gone, right? So... Let us uh, learn to depend on him for our provision. And, of course, that goes beyond just our daily bread. We have health needs. You know, we, we, there's so many needs that, that we have. We need to ask him to help us and to provide for us. And like a good earthly father will provide the needs of his children, our heavenly father will provide our needs. Problem is, we don't live a dependent life. Too often we're like, I got this. I got this. And then God lets something come into our life to get our attention and realize, no, I don't got this. You know, I believe in having a budget. I believe in trying to keep the budget. 
and all that. And that's good. And God blesses that. God teaches that we should be faithful and organize and be good stewards. And we should do that. But what happens when you're doing all of that and, and then all of a sudden a crisis comes? Sometimes God allows those crises to come into our lives just so that we can learn to depend on him. So verse number 12, um, we need to depend on him for forgiveness. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We need forgiveness, so depend on him. You can't earn forgiveness with God. You know, we, we try to tell people, hey, you can't, get, you, you can't earn salvation by your good works, and you can't, but then somehow, as Christians, we think sometimes, well, I've got to do enough good things to make up for all that bad I did. You'll never make up for the bad you did. You need to trust God for forgiveness. You, you can pray and confess that, that same thing. You, you feel guilty about what you've done, and you're confessing it like 24 times. It's like, I don't know if he's forgiven me yet. Well, if you came with a heart of, of confession and repentance and agreement with God, he has forgiven you. But we have to come in faith and depend on him for, for this forgiveness and depend, depend on him for peace that he'll give us uh, to replace that, that uh, guilt that we were feeling. Verse number 13, we need to depend on him for guidance and deliverance. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're not supposed to look within for direction. You know, I think sometimes we just take a survey with ourselves. What do I want to do? And sometimes our prayer life becomes, Lord, this is what I plan on doing. This is what I want to do. Please put your stamp of approval. I'm planning to do this. That's not prayer. That's not seeking God's will and his direction. That's not depending on him. We need his guidance. As older, the older you get, you, you still need his guidance. You, you don't have it figured out. You know, I'm 57. I'm still praying that God guides me and leads me. There's this, this things in my life that I'm like, Lord, I need some wisdom here. Well, you should have it. You should have it together by now. I said, I don't got it together. And uh, I'm never going to have it together because I need God. I need to depend on him. And so I'm, I need him to, to, to lead me and I need him to deliver me. You know, you can't look within to get victory over sin. Well, I'm going to try harder. Well, I'm glad we should try, but our dependence needs to be on God. And he will enable us. Okay? So new life in Christ is really a dependent life. And we're depending on him. And it should uh, be marked by continual heartfelt prayer. Lord, I need you. I need wisdom. I need, I need forgiveness. I need this. And you say, you sound like a little kid always needing things. Well, if you go to the right person, he'll give you what you need. Uh, and just like that little child asks his father for help with something he can't do for himself, our heavenly father likes to step in and say, I just wanted you to see that you couldn't do it on your own. And if you're finally going to depend on me, I'm here to help. <laughs> but sometimes we just get... Ah. I tried God's way. It doesn't work. I'm going to just go do it myself. It, it, no, that's not trying to God's way. Trying to God's way is depending on him and trusting him through things. And, 
It's easy to worry, isn't it? Later in this chapter, in verses 31 through 33, if you go there with me, uh, we see it's, it's, it's easy to worry and uh, borrow trouble. In verse 31, it says, Therefore, take no thought. And that word thought is the same word from which we get the word anxiety. Uh, and being full of care and worry. So therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And so what happens is someone says, well, I I prayed, it didn't work, so I got an opportunity to go work on Sunday, so I'm going to go work on Sunday to feed my family because God told me to feed my family. He also said, be faithful and go to church. But I, I can't trust him. Well, we can trust him. That's where the next verse comes in, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But the problem is we worry. And instead of trusting God, we take matters into our own hands. And it doesn't work out so well. But if we put God first, he will meet our needs. And we go back to the children. When my kids were growing up in the, in the house, I tried to give them what they needed. There were things that they wanted. They didn't always get the things they wanted. Sometimes they gave the, the things that they wanted. But sometimes the things that they wanted weren't good for them. So I didn't always give them what they wanted. But I tried to give them what they needed. And our Heavenly Father's the same way. He's going to give us what we need, not always what we want. And he's... He's a lot wiser than we are. And sometimes where, where we get in trouble is when we skirt around and say, well, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to get what I want. But we're supposed to depend on God through prayer, but not just through prayer, but also uh, seeking direction from his word on a daily basis. And I won't give you tons of scripture on this. We've taught on the idea of having devotions. But I'll give you one verse, pretty familiar one. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, at, at, when it's dark out, uh, we were, we're over there in Zambia a couple of uh, a couple weeks ago. And the sun was going down. I said, you know what, I'm going to go get some sunset pictures. So I, I left, and I did not bring my flashlight. And the best place to get the, uh, the pictures was out in a field. And that's where snakes like to hang out. I had been burned, so I, I could see pretty well that there weren't any right there. But the, as the sun's going down... It was getting a little more sketchy, and I'm like, I wish I had brought my flashlight, because I had a really nice flashlight. And uh, I didn't have it with me, and I didn't have that light unto my feet. I didn't have that uh, to guide my path. And I, I, was, I got back to the place, my wife's like, don't do that again. <laughs> I was like, I was just getting sunset pictures, you know. <laughs> All she knows is husband left. It's dark. Husband's not back yet. And anyway, I'm glad I have a wife that cares for me. 
Anyway, so uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It, it illuminates things. It makes things safe. You follow God's word, it's going to be safe. It's going to be well lit. You're going to know what your footing is. You're going to know what you're getting into. Just follow God. It's always safe. And even, you know, following God is taking steps of faith. It's following his word. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And there might be all sorts of danger around you, but if that next step is sure-footed because it's got God's word lighting up your path, you can take it. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Just take that next step and follow God's word and be in his word and depend on him. Again, you're never going to get so old and you're never going to get to know the Bible so well that you don't need to read it. I read it every morning. I have a time with my, my, with my wife and family devotions uh, every day. And before I go to bed, I try to read my Bible again. Why? Because I need it. I need direction. I need wisdom. I need guidance. And so I can depend on him through his word. I can depend on him through prayer. And so you say, Sounds like you say that all the time. Read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray. Yes, because the Bible keeps coming back and telling me why I need to do that and how important it is. And why don't, why, if you're saying that to me, then I have a question for you. Why aren't you doing it? Because it does help. It does work. And God's, God's plan, you can't improve on it. So the life of a Christian this new life in Christ, if you have no appetite for the word of God and no desire to pray, I wonder what kind of new life you have. Because it should be a dependent life. And if you do have this life in Christ, can I just encourage you to depend on him? It's so easy just to try to do it ourselves. <laughs> but it's so prone to failure. All right, let me give you... Uh, So quickly, so we can finish. Because I don't have enough material for next week on this. So let's just finish it, right? And we'll start, in, we'll start something new next week. Number seven is a growing life, all right? It's natural for babies to grow, and so is it for Christians, all right? If you see a little child that's, uh, you know, 13 months old, stumbling around somewhere, if you come back uh, two years from then, you expect them to be a little taller and not stumbling as much. You expect them to grow. Something wrong if they don't. And in order to grow, you have to have a, a, an appetite for the right thing spiritually. And we're talking about spiritual growth. First Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So have this desire for God's word. And God's word is the milk. And just like that baby has, desires milk and they'll scream at their top of their lungs till they get it, uh, we should be saying, Lord, I need something from you. I need something from you. And just like that milk helps the baby to grow, God's word helps us to grow. We get stronger. And uh, it's, it, it's essential. God's word is essential. You said, that last point you talked about reading the Bible. Yeah. 
and this point too, because the Bible keeps going back to it. We need God's word every day. Uh, and then be faithful to, to, to church, be faithful to uh, God's house, because God has a, a, a plan for you. And, you know, reading God's word uh, will transform your mind, but being in church will give you an opportunity to serve him. And he's got something special for everybody to do in the local church. And in Romans chapter 12, we can see that. Let me just go, go there quickly. Romans 12. Verses 4 through 8 says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So here are some gifts that are mentioned that God gives. He gives everybody, every Christian, if they're truly saved, they're Gifted and they're, and they're gifted to be able to serve in the local church. And there's different gifts, uh, whether it's the, the idea of preaching or teaching or exhorting. There's some people who are just an encouragement. And that's good for those people who are always discouraged, right? To have that person who's always encouraging to come up and say, Hey, brother, how you doing? You're like, Well, I was doing miserable, but I can't be miserable because you're always smiling. So let me just smile and be happy with you. Uh, then there's the people who, who have the gift of showing mercy. And, and they're all, it's like they're always there when someone's hurting and suffering. And, and they're there to, to, to bring people through. Anyway, God has a place for us. When we grow, we can produce fruit. And John 15, 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So God wants us to be fruitful Christians. And we do that as we grow. If we don't grow like a tree, if a tree doesn't grow, it can't produce fruit. But as we grow, we're able to produce fruit. And yes, that's a life of holiness, but it's also a life of being a witness and being able to be an influence on other people. So as uh, Peter uh, mentioned in 2 Peter 3.18, we should determine to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we do, we'll be more fruitful. If we don't grow, we won't be fruitful. And God wants us to continue to grow. Again, it doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord, you still need to grow. You, no, none of us have arrived where we should be spiritually. If you think you have, match yourself up to Jesus and you'll realize, oh, I'm not quite there. Right, match yourself up to as we heard in, in the lesson uh, before, John Huss. So yeah, I'd I'd stand at the stake and burn too if I had to. Maybe, but aren't you afraid to give a tract out sometimes? And someone, well, I don't know what they'll think if I give them a tract. Well, maybe you wouldn't stand. <laughs> anyway. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time in your word. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness to us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, who have new life, to understand what we have, enjoy it, and, and live this life of dependence on you, a victorious life, and, and staying in the battle, and, and growing, and being fruitful for you. Lord, we can't do anything without you. You said that. You said, without me, you can do nothing. And help us to remember that. And Lord, for those who've heard some of these lessons and and they're missing these things, it's possible they don't have new life, but that can change. They can repent and receive Christ as Savior and get this new life. It's so fulfilling. We just pray that you'd you'd help us, Lord. And, And certainly there are folks here who are struggling with things I myself struggle with things. Lord, help us to depend on you and not to look at our problems as, as a curse, but as an opportunity to trust you to help us through. Pray that you bless our time in the service to follow. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.